Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. See, what we've got to do is you got to make sure in these turbulent times, these weirdo times, is understand that God has not changed. What you're sensing is that the world has changed, but God has not changed. So don't conflate those two things. God has not changed one bit. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I am the Lord. I change not. Hebrews 13, 8. Malachi 3, 6. He has not changed. If you ever notice, if you go out, like I do a lot of walking, and I live out in the middle of nowhere, so I'm surrounded by woods. And you know what? It has not changed at all for the osprey. It's a big old nest that I walk by every day. Nothing's changed for them. Same mating pair I've seen for years. They don't know it's COVID. They don't know about the election. They don't know about fraud. And the same thing is for us. Whatever it is that we need, our God will supply. Every single time, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, if you are connected to the Holy Spirit, he will supply you. Look, you walked in to a barnstorm of the Holy Spirit this morning. You walked right into it because that's what you needed. Praise you, Lord. It's what we all needed. He will supply. Don't be torn away. Don't let your heart be hardened. Don't let it happen to you. Listen, take the stand. Take a stand for the gospel. Take a stand in righteousness, but be full of joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You should have a smile on your face. You should be laughing and having a good time. It may be that the enemy's marching in on this or marching in on that, but it will not come near you. Understand that. You are special. You are chosen. You are set apart. Enjoy your life. If you need to repent, repent. I'll preach the whole thing to you. Hellfire, brimstone, promises of God, prosperity, healing, restoration, whatever it is, whatever's in here, I'll preach to you. But enjoy your life. If you Listen, if you haven't repented, then don't enjoy your life. Let the, let the godly sorrow take you over until you repent, and then enjoy your life. I want to talk to you this morning about the priorities of the wise. Let me read you some Proverbs here. Proverbs 8, verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Nothing can compare with wisdom. And understand something. Wisdom only comes from one source. It does not come from the gray matter between your ears. It doesn't come from the gray matter between anybody's ears. No matter how successful they are, no matter how accomplished and admired they are, wisdom comes from one source and one source only, and that is the almighty God of Israel. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, wisdom is the priority. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the priority. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of being smart. If you do not fear the Lord, you are stupid. Understand that it doesn't matter, again, how accomplished a human being is in the devil's world. 
For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? If he makes billions and billions of dollars on vaccines and loses his own soul, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth, wisdom says. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Understand something. If you have already closed your mind and your heart to what I'm going to speak to you this morning, you are a fool. Not because it's me, but because I'm going to read to you doctrinal issues out of the Word of God. If you close your mind to that, you are a fool that despises wisdom. Well, you know what? It may bother me what you say, so I'm going to close you out. You are a fool despising the wisdom of God, not because, not because it's me. I'm going, you can blow off everything that's my opinion. Blow it off. Chew on the meat. Spit on the bones. Spit out the bones. But the word of God you should swallow, even if it's a horse pill. For some of you, it is. Some of you, I'm not going to preach too hard on this at the moment, but some of us, we're right out of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. God's been trying to force horse pills down your throat for years, and you're refusing it. And your life stays the same or it gets worse and worse and worse. And the really sad thing about it is, as it does, you refuse to acknowledge it. You know what I say when my life stinks? My life stinks. I need to do something about it. Something needs to change. If your marriage is lousy, God is not going to move in and change it. You are going to have to repent. Well, it's his fault. Are you sure? You're sure it's 100% his or her fault? Quiet in here. Speak on that. <laughs> Need to do a whole other series on marriage. I haven't done one for a couple years. COVID's blocked the whole marriage thing for 2020. Maybe I need to launch in 2021. <laughs> He's got a yes over here. Okay. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We need to listen closely to what we need to tap into in this verse. Listen to this. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So what has given us all things? His divine power. Most Christians are not powerful. They're kind. Kindness that isn't even found in the word of God. They're kind according to their definition of kind. Never say a harsh word. Never bring correction. Never tell anybody that they're sinning. Never telling anybody that they're going to hell. You wouldn't dare do it because that's not Christ-like. Even though it's, it's Christ's word and he is the word. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. You know how much you can operate in God's divine power if you have no idea what the Word of God promises? This is why the church is closed. That's why they're reclosing. 
We're in the second wave of the second wave. <laughs> Anthony Fauci came out this week. We're now in, we now have a super corona. It will never stinking end until the church operates in his divine power. You will have to stand. It's just like Christians who wait around for years. Well, God's going to move. God, okay, listen. You've been saying that God was going to move since you were 40. You're now 74. So for 34 years, God has taken a respite and done nothing. Maybe it's you. God, listen, it's not, they're not going to just send you a note. Hey, reopen your businesses. We give up. It's demonic. The devil never gives up. You have to do it yourself. We hear, we, we hear, hear, hear bait bequeath that all churches shall now be open. You think that's coming? You think it'll ever come? Once you let the devil in the door, he camps. He's like a squatter. For those police officers that are in the room, I've been to a million police calls for squatters. A lot of people, well, you know, I invited her to live in here. That was a wise move. <laughs> Numb nuts. <laughs> you picked her up. She's a stripper at whatever it is. You picked her up. She moved in. And you're like, well, now I want her out. Hey, guess what? You don't have the right to kick her out. Yeah, a lot, well, I, I'm the one on the lease. Doesn't matter, clown. Why don't you read the law? before you invite somebody in your home. Because once they establish residency, you have to evict them. Think about that for some of you out there. You might need that in your mind at some point. A lot, a lot of Americans don't get it because I can't tell you how many, well, I put all their stuff on the street. Well, go pick it back up and bring it back in. Once you let the devil in, you have to evict them. He's not going to just leave. And he, by the way, it's not up to ungodly people to kick the devil out. It's up to the people who operate in his divine power that has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But you have to have that knowledge. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Listen, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. How do you, does anybody in here want to be a partaker of the divine nature? Then yes. you have to operate in his exceedingly great and precious promises. Scattered yeses on that one. See, when it's vague, the church loves it. You're like, Tom, are you criticizing us? Yes. Problem? Don't care. It's exactly what you need. You need some, in America, when there's so many other options and happiness, you need somebody who, who stands up to your soul, Amen. to your feelings. Do it yourself instead of blaming me. But if you're not going to do it, then come in and partake every Sunday, and I'll crack you in the forehead with a gospel baseball bat. Yeah. Boom! If you want to be partakers of his exceedingly great and precious promises, if you, want, if you want to be partakers of his divine nature, it comes in the operation of the promises of God. Yeah. 
Otherwise, forget it. Well, you mean I can't be part of the divine nature of I'm just hanging on till heaven? Correct. <laughs> Most Christians, that's their sole testimony. Someday, someday, someday. That's all you want? Who's going to follow you to that someday? Who would follow you to that? You're supposed to be a shining city on a hill. People actually admiring and even being jealous of you. If you want to be partakers of the divine nature, you have got to operate in the promises of God. How do we get there? The Holy Spirit. We are called to be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians chapter 1, 16 through 18. He is called the spirit of truth. John 14, 17. See here, truth is a major problem in our culture. I could show people data today. Endless conservative pundits, endless Christians will say that we are in the middle of a pandemic. It's a lie. We are not in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of a flu season of which never ends. They don't ever end. When do you ever see people not sick? Ever. And people will think, Tom, you're a sycophant for this. You're a sycophant. I'm not anybody's sycophant. I ripped the tar out of Donald Trump last night on the podcast. I don't care. He's wrong on vaccines. He's ushering in the enemy with vaccines. I love him on other things. He's a person. Again, chew on the meat, spit out the bones. He's a person. Nobody's perfect. But America struggles with truth, and so does the church. People say, again, that I'm a sycophant or whatever, but who nationally, what big name in the gospel has stood out? But one. You're like, you just love Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I just met him in March. And I do love him. He's my favorite pastor. Ever. He is. I don't care. Like, well, we don't like the rolling around on the ground and people laughing and screaming. Well, then don't do it then. I don't care. Follow the Bible. But who else stood up? Name them. Go ahead. Name them. There is nobody. There's no international name. None. You're like, no, I see him on Facebook. Facebook? I see one on Facebook, huge name. We need to learn to trust God. Trust God? You're closed, dude. Yes, I break out the dude every now and then. You're closed. Tell me to trust God. There's some yahoo. I'm struggling so hard not to say names. You'll know them all. He wrote a book called The Fear Virus. Talking about everybody's scared of everyone's operating in fear while his church is closed. What are you doing writing a book? You're like Andrew Cuomo writing a book about how to handle a virus that you allowed into nursing homes to kill 20,000 of your own citizens. Why, Pastor? Why, Pastor, are you writing a book about fear when you yourself are fearful and your church is closed? Because you're a profiteer. Jesus would walk into your church with his whip of cords and draw all of you and push all of you out of the building. 
write a book about fear. I had a suck down water. I'm dehydrated from losing all my fluids last night yelling at the podcast. <laughs> book about fear. You money changer. Give me a break. You tell Americans absolute truth to their face. 2017, 2.8 million Americans died. 2018, same number. 2019, 2.9 million Americans died. This year, we'll have about 2.85 million Americans died. Well, how are we in a pandemic? Explain it to me. And I could put up a slideshow at every church that would never invite me, but at every church I was invited to, and show them, because those are numbers off of the CDC. The CDC is so demonic that they have the numbers on their website and then espouse the opposite. And the church sucks it in like heroin. Strapping on your mask. You know what the mask is? It's the flag of the devil. It's the flag of the demon rat party. It is the flag, it is the flag of the enemy. Tom, you're not going to get mask wearers in the church. Don't care. I didn't say I didn't care about them. I don't care about their feelings. Be broken and contrite and close to God. And you'll actually know that what I'm telling you is correct. Any person wearing a useless mask is wearing the flag of the enemy. But where are all the national leaders? Name them. There are none. One, Rodney Howard Brown. That's it. Not a national leader. I'm not, no, no, I'm not receiving that. I am not a national leader. Jonathan, Jonathan was not that big of a name before COVID. One national name stood out. That was it. You're like, Tom, you're pushing. I'm not pushing anybody. One. Risked his ministry. Nobody else would. They're all closed. They're still closed right now. Name them. Who's open? Give me a break. The spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. And if you actually bring in truth, you show it to people, you even have the information right before their eyes, they'll still reject it. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. John chapter 16, 7 and 8. The Holy Spirit brings the word and the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17. The Holy Spirit brings his gifts. Why would we not listen to him? Why would we not listen to him? Those of us in our lives right now, we know that there's areas of correction that God has brought. Some of them is, why are you not praying? Why are you not studying the word? Why? The Spirit's telling us to do Why would we not listen to him? I have a list. It violates our narrative. If I, if, the, if I let the Holy Spirit in, I might not be as big a deal as I thought I was. I might not be as righteous as I thought. There's too much to admit if I bring him in. Too much to lose. The Holy Spirit's too weird. I don't want to speak in tongues. Why not? You love Jesus, right? 
Jesus, the one who spits on the ground, makes a mud pie, and slaps it on someone's face for healing of blindness? And the Holy Spirit's a no-go? Jesus, who sits outside, puts together a whip of cords, strand by strand, ushers himself into the synagogue, and whips people out of it? It's no problem to you, but the Holy Spirit is? Well, I, you know, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised Baptist. Take Baptist. <laughs> Shove it up your caboose. <laughs> Any denomination. Read the Word of God. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you. And you're going to cast it off? Why would you cast it off? Why? Well, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, I can't be Lord. That's why most of you aren't listening. If I can't be Lord, if I can't make my decisions, you, you want veto power. You are bought with a price. You're a love slave of God. Why would you ever have veto power? This is not a democracy. Yahweh is not coming up for election. You don't have to worry about election fraud. There is no election. Well, if I let the Holy Spirit in, that will remove justifications. Well, I act like this because of this. I act like this because of that. I do this because of this. I do this because of that. It removes all that. The Holy Spirit will say, make your yes, yes, and your no, no. Period. Well, if I let him in, it violates my will, my plans, my agenda, my calendar. Wow, burn an incense candle yourself. If I let the Holy Spirit in, it might throw my kids off of their agenda every day. You have to be up at this time, and they have to be in bed at this time, and they only can do this, and, they, and your kids are your entire world. They're not even yours. All you are, listen, I hate to burst your bubble. All we are in this life are hotel attendants. We rent rooms. You don't own squat. For there is nothing. You will carry nothing out of this world. It is certain. It's 1 Timothy 6-7. It is certain that you will carry nothing out of this world. Nothing. Before your children were quote-unquote yours, God knew them before he formed them in your womb. So stop living your life for your kids. You're like, Tom, why do you preach this all the time? Because in the American church, women especially struggle with this, where their kids become their God. I don't even know if they'll know you in heaven. I know that bursts your bubble, but there's no implication in this word that says they will. This bothers you. Tom, this is not Americanized Christianity. Don't care. I'm not here. I'm not here to build up idolatries. Stop worshiping your kids and your whole life being your kids. I didn't say not, not to be a good parent. 
Both my kids are saved. They're 20 and 22, and they're both saved. But they were not put first. God was first. My wife was second. And then they came in. You know where I get that from? That's just the Bible. You're welcome. I'm trying to help your marriage. Some of you, the worst thing... Some of, the, some of you, the worst thing that ever happened to your marriage is popping out puppies. The male in the marriage is now celibate. No sex for you. I'm too tired. You're like, you're stunned. People are looking at me right now. You're stunned. I look at your faces. I see you. Women chop off all their hair. Don't have time for that now. I'm a mom. Great. Well, I'm so glad I got married. I had no idea that I got married to have sex for the first three years and nothing for the next 25. I had no idea that was going to happen. You know it's you. Everybody, this is, a, this is an equal opportunity offense zone. Some of you women, you got a 12-step plan your husband has to go through. (laughs) You know it's true. Don't you knock it off. Give the guy a break, would you? I'll rip the men. If it comes to my mind, I'll rip them too. Don't worry. It's about 60-40. 60% of the time, I rip the men. Now, ladies, it's your turn. There's things that are rolling through my head. You know, sometimes women wonder why there's such a porn epidemic. They do. They wonder why. Well, your poor husband who's married to you, who refuses to go through the 12-step process to enter into the bedroom with you. But yet the poor guy in the morning, you see and you get dressed and undressed like, and then nothing. This has absolutely nothing to do with this whole series. <laughs> Just letting you know, yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Let that right in the door. That's wisdom. That's just to help you out. <laughs> Welcome to Marriage Counseling via Tom Lipley, Sunday morning. <laughs> Give it a try. This embarrasses my kids whenever I talk about this area of my life. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry, Norma. You know what Hope and I have done? We've got a pretty darn good marriage. Been married for 24 years. You know what? There is no hoops. Nothing. Hey, listen. Tonight's the night. Got it. Mm-hmm. 10-4. Mm-hmm. There's no questions asked. Well, you know, you didn't wash the dishes, and I wanted to see you vacuum the floor because that really turns me on when you're out there. Don't, who cares? (laughs) 
See, I've got the men back on my side. They were probably mad at me earlier because they were like, you know, Pete, who love, well, Pete and I are like brothers, so it doesn't matter. Pete yells out, Tom, and I'm like, no, he's on my side back. Now he's on my side. You talk about this with men, they're back with me. <laughs> Give the guy a break. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to try to be spiritual again. See, <laughs> so you let the Holy Spirit back into your life. Let him into your life. The attitude that I described earlier, where you don't let him in because it violates your will, your plans, your agenda, your calendar. You don't let him in. That destroys your entire life. You think that it's good. I'm running the show. I got my plans. I got my agenda. I got my calendar. I got my will. Everything is in order. It's ruining your entire life living that way. It's ruining everything. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 12. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by our feelings. No, God has revealed it to us by his spirit. In order to have what no eye has seen, no ear heard, what no mind can even conceive, it has to come via the Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now listen, some of you, you're amening this stuff. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying you're amening this stuff. But you're close to the Spirit and have been for years. You are immune to correction. That's the truth. That's the only thing the Spirit's telling you right now is, come on, let me in. You're producing nothing. Let me in. But yet we're so deceived and think so highly of ourselves because we speak in tongues, we think we're spirit-led. You can speak in tongues and be the greatest worshiper of all time and still not be spirit-led and even not even be heaven-bound. That can happen. The Spirit searches all things. Will you let him search? Most Christians will not. They have walls up that said, yes, Lord, in that area, yes. In that area, no. Even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. You cannot live any sort of life. Look at me now. You weren't even designed to live any sort of life without you and the Holy Spirit basically being as one. You can't enjoy your life. That's why it's so sporadic. And listen, the people who should be listening the most right now probably aren't because you're so hard-hearted or you think so highly of yourself. Well, I've already arrived. Nobody else is saying that about you except you. Come up and ask me after church. Hey, Tom, have I arrived? I will make you show me your portfolio 
of salvations, miracles. Not, well, you know, we were looking to start a ministry. You've been saying that for 30 years. Well, we're starting another one. I see it all the time. Christians who have absolutely no business starting a ministry because they have no flow with the Holy Spirit, they are immune from correction. And they, you know what, since I'm immune from correction, what I'm going to do is start a ministry. Great idea. <laughs> have you noticed how it never works? Well, I'm going to do it again. Perfect. You're insane. <laughs> Same thing over and over again. Expecting something different to happen. What follows these verses? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. What follows them? 2, 13 through 15. These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, this is written to Christians. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. For some of you in this room, tithing is foolishness to you. And you're like, Tom, you're after our money. This church, listen, we have absolutely blown out the walls in giving. Whatever is going on, listen, the new generation of Foundation Church is quite a bit different than where we were in 2019. And I mean to the tune of three or four times what we were. So this might not be for you at all. I'm not trying to conjure up. If I was trying to conjure up an offering, I'd bring Naz up here. I'd bring uh, Norm up here, Aaron, and I'd sing giving songs and have somebody, have the ushers come and pass plates. There's a jar. I think there's two. Yeah, there's two jars back there. One of them you can't even see. And you think I'm after your money? There's really only one way to give in the entire church is to find that one jar. And I'm after your money? I made $25,000 a year more as a cop than I do doing this, and I'm after your money, and cops are so highly paid. <laughs> Some of you, though, tithing is foolishness to you. Well, we were burned in the past. Foolishness. You can't be burned if you gave it to God. Even if you, listen, if you had the right intent, and you sent in $10,000, to the Yahoo on God TV who's offering miracle spring water out of the River Jordan, dipped a cloth for the impartation, and you sent him $10,000 for a spiritual reason, that, <laughs> that seed, stop laughing, Aaron, that seed will not return void. If you did it out of a, out of the, a righteous heart, even that, God will honor it. He's not going to honor the huckster, but he will honor you. Even if you sent money to the, to the huckster with a true and noble heart. There's some of you, you won't give. And you wonder why your finances are the same year after year after year. Hey, hey Pastor Tom, can we borrow money again? If your kids are starving, yeah, but other than that, forget it. I've already loaned it to you before. And you refuse to give. Tom, do you check? Yeah, I do. When people are asking, yeah, I check. They ever give a dime to the church? No? Okay. Strike one. 
The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are actually spiritually discerned. Now here's the discernment that he's talking about. This is in 15 and 16. The spiritual man makes judgments. This is discernment. It's not, oh, I just have an unction of God. You make judgments via the word of God. Is this the will of God according to the word of God? Will according to the word. It cannot be the will outside of the word. You make judgments. Again, this comes down to people waiting to hear from Donald Trump that they can open up their churches. They're waiting for God to do what he's called you to do. You're called to make judgments about what? All things. Well, I was taught that judge, lest thee, judge not lest thee be judged. Yeah, if you're hypocritical. That's that, what that verse is about. People always put that. I blasted a Christian singer because she was on Ellen DeGeneres. And as usual, what's the first question? Every Christian singer that shows up on any of those shows, whether it's The View or Ellen DeGeneres, Larry King or whoever, what's the first thing they're going to ask you? Gay marriage or abortion, every time, first question. You know why? Because they're demonic. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's them. They are corrupt. They're going to ask you right away. And what did she do? Well, I'm not the judge. Same thing. Same thing Joel Osteen told Larry King. Same thing Carl Lentz told the view. Well, I'm not the judge. The spiritual man makes judgments. Jesus said, judge with righteous judgment, John 7, 24. And you're relinquished. You know why people don't want to judge? Because it's easier. Yeah, if I caved, I'd have a better relationship with many of my family members. Send my, you know, my relative who I just saw take the vaccine. Hey, congratulations on taking the vaccine. I'd rather beat my fingers with a hammer than send that text message. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have great friends if I caved. No, I make judgments about all things. And I, the the vaccine stinks. Stinks to high heaven. It's not correct. Doesn't sit well. Those things are spiritually discerned. And for some of you, you're thinking every Christian knows that. Knows that? No, they don't. Most Christians don't. They are clueless. Why would we reject all of this? Why would we? I don't know. It's either because we think too highly of ourselves, we don't want to know, or we're afraid to surrender. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. There is a solution. James chapter four, verse ten. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. How many of you want to be in ministry? All righty. All right, so lukewarm 40% and lukewarm at that. You will need to humble yourself. I see Christians all the time. And listen, understand something now. I'm warning you. I think the guy's gone already that I landed this on a couple weeks ago. Don't think you're ever going to force your way in here. 
You know why? Because I don't care. This church will go the way that I feel like the Holy Spirit has called me to lead it, and that is the way it's going to go. Period. Don't think you're going to manipulate pressure. I'm immune because I don't care. Immune. I have the vaccine. I'm immune. This is what Christians have been doing for years. They come into a church. They've attended for a month. Hey, uh, we have a ministry we'd like to offer to. No. I don't even know you. You honestly think that I'm going to expose you to the flock that God has called me to, to pastor, and I don't know you? Yeah, right. Well, we're going to leave. Okay. Do what God, do, you know, go ahead. God's called you here, and go ahead and defy God. Great move. Why don't you wait and actually build up a reputation inside the church and see what happens? I didn't pastor a church until I was 36 years old. I got saved when I was 18. I put some time in. And I didn't even, listen, and there was other ministry before that, before warming up to being a lead pastor. There's people, Pete's one of them, but there's people in this room that were with me when I was early on youth pastoring. Burge, kind of a burgeoning church leader, and I was pretty, pretty stupid man, pretty foolish, pretty arrogant. You're like, nothing much has changed. Believe me, it has. <laughs> I've learned. You humble yourselves inside. Listen to this, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, I want to be in ministry. Okay, well, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Not your curriculum, not your resume, but God will exalt you in due time. Well, that's easy for you to say, Tom. You started a church. Uh, yeah, I started a church with nobody. 16 years ago. This church has emptied out five or six times since then. Gone. Only the strong survive. Some of you will not survive what I told you about ministry today. You will not humble yourself. You will not let it be God who exalts you in due time because that does not, does not comport with your agenda. And that's why you have no ministry. That's why you will not have one in the future because God will safely corral you away from the flock, not put you in it. You're way too arrogant. You're welcome. You say all you want. Where, where is your ministry at? I, I love the traveling people. There's, I saw there's one guy came in here. He travels. He tries to get, he travels from church. He lives right here, but he travels from church to church trying to get appointments with pastors so he can basically tell them how wrong they are. Doesn't mean that, believe me, I'm not saying that pastors aren't wrong about stuff, but is that a ministry? Who called, where does that one fit into? I mean, I know 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen, sister. <laughs> or brother, I can't tell. That was his ministry. Yeah, you know what he's doing now? Nothing. You know how many people he's raised from the dead? No one. You know how many people he's healed? No one. Who's he leading to the Lord? No one. But he'll, any day now, he'll get some appointments with some pastors. Some poor pastor actually takes that appointment. That, that, that appointment would last for about 30 seconds with me. I go, well, 
this isn't going to work out. I have all my verbiage together. Square peg, round hole, all those things. I've got it ready to go. I don't think this is the church for you. You're like, Tommy, you never say that. You're too desperate to keep people. You really think that? Yeah. Told him at the door. There's a young lady who came up to me crying at the door because I said, <laughs> because I said <laughs> that God would take gay marriage and flush it down the toilet. So she was mad at me for saying that I would flush homosexuals down the toilet. I didn't say that. I said gay marriage. So she's bawling at the door. And I just told her outright, listen, I'm just not the guy for you. Go find somebody else. Good luck to you. Good luck in that search. Let me tell you something. Because your steps are ordered, Psalm 37, 23. Don't say, don't amen this. Or don't say, you know, that's me. How many people in here are backslidden? Listen, your steps are still ordered. You can come back. You doing this this morning? <sighs> There's still hope. Your steps are still ordered. His gifts and his calls are irrevocable. Even though you wasted a decade or decades, they're still irrevocable. Ready for redemption. Best days ahead. Because you were bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Because he knows the plans that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He has the very hairs of your head all numbered. That's not an exaggeration. That's absolutely true. Matthew 10, 30. It comes down to your choices. See, the world has no choices. You do. Your steps are ordered. Their steps could be ordered if they enter into the covenant. They actually are. They just never, they aren't, uh, aren't able to exist under the umbrella of that blessing because of unbelief. But your steps are ordered. So now it comes down to your choices. Life is a series of decisions for a Christian. It isn't for the world because they don't even know there's decisions to be made. Fauci says, put on a mask. They say, how big should it be? All of my family's rushing to get the vaccine. They don't even know they have choices. You do. You know it in your spirit. Even the most spiritually dense Christian is way better off than the world. You have a chance. It comes down to your choices. Is that really true, Tom? Everybody good for 12 more minutes? Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to, to you to serve the Lord, I'm not going to preach on that this morning, but if anything offends you this morning, make sure that it wasn't God that offended you instead of me. It may have been me. When I'm talking about the 12-step program, and all that, that was me. Okay, you can blow that off. I'm just telling you. <laughs> the Bible verses don't blow off. They may seem evil to you if you went to a soft-pedaled, watered-down church. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves. Choose. You have the opportunity to choose. The blind world does not. They don't even know there's a decision to be made. 
Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, the true God or false gods, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody only concentrates on the last sentence. It's a decision. Choose real God or false gods. Most of what is being preached in the modern church is a false, idolatrous God that does not exist anywhere but in the mind of the leadership of that church. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Look how friendly God is. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose Choose life. This is every day, in every scenario. Choose it. Will you act like a fool? No, choose life instead. In every scenario. Will you roll your eyes again at your wife? No, choose life. (laughs) Then you may not have to hop through the hoops in the 12-step program. Choose life in every scenario. For you, it's choices. For the world, it's darkness. They don't even know there's a choice to be had. You do. Proverbs chapter 1, 28 through 30. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. That doesn't sound very Christ-like. This is the real Bible. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Because they hated knowledge. God, why don't you come through? Every time I've prayed, you don't come through. Because you don't know anything. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You're speaking the wrong things, believing the wrong things, standing in the wrong things. And then suddenly, when something happens, you want God to come through. He is coming through, but you don't even know it. You can't even receive it. All of God, all you can summarize it this way. And for those of you that have attended this church for years, you know how it works. But picture this wall right over here. And that there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pressurized gallons of water behind that wall. That's God. What do you have to do to get God to move, quote unquote? If you punch a a, a, a an ice pick hole in that wall. It would, the water would fly from me to Alex. Alex, wave your hands right there. We to Alex. That's how pressurized it is. You don't ever have to get God to move. You need to remove the wall. That's all that ever needs. That that is the call of the Christian. Why couldn't we cast it out, Jesus? Because of your unbelief. When the windstorm came. They had to come and awake Jesus. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And everybody would be like, rejoice, rejoice. That's what the modern church would do. Rejoice, rejoice. Jesus rebuked them. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then you thought, well, they repented. No, they didn't. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
If you're wondering where that's at, it's Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. Tom, how do you know those verses like that? Because I take the time. So when things come my way, I can speak to the wind and say to the sea, peace be still. I have not always been successful, but I look at it that way. Other people don't don't condemn yourself. That's not condemnation. Saying that you failed is not condemnation. Do you know what condemnation means? Deeming as useless. I would never deem myself as useless. I like me. I think I'm funny. My family says that I'm my own biggest fan. It's true. I don't deem myself useless. But I'm happy to say, I'm not happy to say it, but I'm okay with saying I failed in that scenario. I prayed for this to change and it didn't. There's unbelief in the camp. I'm all right with that because it's the word of God. That's blasphemy in the modern church. Because they hated knowledge, God couldn't answer them. And did not choose the fear of the Lord. You choose. They would, not, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Ask yourself today, am I, am I despising the rebuke of the Holy Spirit or some crazy chubby pastor? Ask yourself, maybe, it may be me. But if you're offended this morning, ask yourself, am I despising the rebukes of the Holy Spirit? Am I kicking against the goads? Because unless you have mass production in your life, you have no right to be offended. Show me the ministry, and then I'll tell you whether you can be offended or not. Quiet in here. Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase in Revelation 3.19. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Never says to be offended. Where's that in the Bible? Be offended. Yeah, you know where offended is found? Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus speaks of the end times, he says, many will be offended and fall away. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to end this thing in the next five minutes. I want to figure out the spot. Is it there or here? You're like, are you uncomfortable? No, I don't care. (laughs) There's one spot I wanted to get to. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. All right, here we go. Finishing right here. It's a verse that I preach more than any other verse in the history of this church because it always comports to where we're at. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know what that means? Do not conform to the pattern of the world. What's the world doing? You do the opposite. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. See, I will not be acclimated into this world. I will not do it. I'm not going to watch football games with empty stadiums and piped in crowd noise. I'm not doing it. I will not do it. I'm not doing it. It's ridiculous. Did you see Times Square New Year's Eve? I refuse. The only reason why I watched any of it was after New Year's Eve for them to make fun of it on the podcast. 
people in Times Square in boxes? How are you not humiliated? You're a person, not a chimp. You're a human being, not a chihuahua. You're in a box. And they're all, I'm like, you're, you are a galactic idiot. How do you exist? How do you live with yourself? How do you go out on New Year's Eve, dance in a box, and go home and look at yourself in a mirror? I'd go home and beat myself right in the face in the mirror. Is Rocky in here? There's Rocky. Rocky, I give you permission. Last time it was Larry, my cop buddy. You got to find a big dude. If you ever see me dancing in a box, come punch me right in the face. I'm not kidding you. Right in the face. Don't hesitate. Don't ask permission. Just come up and do it. If I'm in there with my planet, their planet fitness, purple and yellow signs. Oh, socialism. We're all about to be killed. Hey, idiots. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is a good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's the verse after that? For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Go through mind renewal before you think too highly of yourself. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 21. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Yes, the word ignorance is in the Bible. Because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. See, now you and I, we can choose the other path. We can choose life. We can choose to see. And this is what I'm closing with. You need to see the times that you are living in, but with joy. Don't look at life as ominous. Knock it off. It doesn't even matter. Listen, we don't know the day or hour. We don't even know about the day or hour, Matthew 24, 36 says. Don't try to figure it all out, but understand where this world is at. Don't be scared of it. Look at it as the opportunity of a lifetime. Whether we have one year or 30 years to go, opportunity of a lifetime. Let me read you this. I brought my own propaganda. Or did I leave it in the office? I may have left it in the office. I left it in the office. All right, that's not a problem. I got it in my head. <laughs> Spinning like a, like a blender. <laughs> Israel now has a health pass. France just tried to pass a health pass. And their people rose up and said, nah. God bless them. Said no. 
Israel, however, said, bring it on. And it's called a green pass, which is the exact same name that the Communist Party in China gave their green pass. Israel named their pass the same as the CCP. Mexico is trying to do that. I read to you a couple weeks ago out of Summit News and Axios, many American businesses Right now at this very moment, that was then, they were doing it for like Ticketmaster and Airlines, and now many businesses, including IBM, are coming up with what they call a common pass. You need to recognize this. Now, do most Christians recognize it? This is not, this is not out of some sort of isolated, backdoor, dark corner room, conservative website. What I read on the podcast last night was mainstream news. Christians are seeing it. And I'm talking about many, many, many American companies right now are constructing a common pass, a health pass that you will have to have to travel that you will have to have to cross a border, that you will have to have if you want to go to a gathering of more than three or four people. It will tell whether or not you're vaccinated. It will tell your temperature. Facts. You have to recognize this, not like all of the hyper-grace, hyper-love, tone-police, soccer mom Christians with their fruit roll-ups and juice boxes on their way to another practice. No time to serve God or study the word. They worship their kids. They don't even know they're going to take it. Whether it's the skids being greased for the mark of the beast or the mark of the beast itself, the love of most will grow cold. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will fall away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. But most Christians do not even see it. Oh, where's my common pass? You can take your common pass. <laughs> shove it right up your caboose. They don't even see it. Worship team, make your way. I'll finish right here. I told you guys 12 more minutes. We're at 15. <laughs> nope, 16. Finishing here. I'm reading these verses to you. You heard me read? I think I read them last week. I read them on the podcast last night. You need to see it. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Listen now. The title of this message series is about wisdom the priorities of the wise listen to what it says here is wisdom comes up again in the close of the age it comes up again here is wisdom 
Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. People think it's Satan, 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 Satan. No, it's the number of a man. It will make sense to humanity. Well, we don't want to spread a virus. Yeah, virus of the 0.1 post-infection death rate. Yeah, it's great. Everyone needs to be terrified. That doesn't have to make sense. It's the number of a man. Remember, if you're a man who doesn't believe in God, you are corrupt. You do abominable works. There's none that doeth good. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. These are, that's the number of a man. You need to recognize where we are at. I lied. I'm going to read these verses to you. Ephesians 5, 14 through 16, in closing, and we're going to close in a hurry. It will not be a long altar call. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then. Listen, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. They're evil for everybody but us. Look at me. They're evil for everybody but us. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because he has kept my command to persevere, I will also keep him from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell in the world. That is the truth. That's the, 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 the last verse of Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. Write the verses down. Check them when you get home. God is fighting for you. Choose life. Choose it. Every day, every minute, every hour, choose life. And you will win every time because thanks be to God, he has caused us to triumph every time. Amen. Stand with me. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on give.